0: Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Heidi Alexander. I'm also a law practice advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. So I'll be your host this month, and next month, Jared and I are planning an extra special holiday edition so make sure you tune in. So here on the Legal Toolkit we provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices and this episode of Legal Toolkit is no different. So today we are going to talk about an annual conference for attorneys who use MACs in their law practices. So joining me now is Victor Medina. Victor is an estate planning attorney in New Jersey, and not only is he the managing member of his practice, but he's also an avid contributor to Milo. And if you don't know Milo, then you better listen up. Milo is short for Macs in the Law Office, and it's a Google group for Mac attorneys. If you Google it, you'll find it. As the use of Macs in the law office has increased, and as well as Milo members, Victor had a great idea to plan something that would bring together Mac attorneys, and he thus founded and organized an annual conference, which is now known as MiloFest. Recently, the fifth annual MiloFest was held in Orlando at Disney's Yacht and Beach Club, so already you've got an incentive to attend next year's conference. And this was my first Milo Fest, and I was so impressed I had to have Victor on the podcast to talk about it. So welcome to the show, Victor.
2: Thanks, Heidi. Appreciate it.
1: So let's start off by talking about Milo. And I know you're a major contributor to the Listserv because I'm also on that Listserv and you always have great words of wisdom. And for those listeners that are unfamiliar, can you tell us a bit about Milo and its value to attorneys?
2: Yeah, sure. And thanks for the kind words. So Milo is actually a Google group that was created by Ben Stevens and Grant Griffiths uh, probably you know, almost four and a half, five years ago. I think it's just a little bit older than the conference itself. And they started, it's a pretty funny story, because they started getting kicked out of another Mac user group. Because their signature blocks were too long. They were greater than four <laughs> lines, and that was some big deal. So they said, You know what, we're going to leave. And they have built that up. Uh, Grant's no longer a moderator there. It's now changed over to a guy named Randy Yip, who's actually on the board for ABA Tech Show. But they've built it up to just about 4,000 members. And what it really is is sort of a way of having Mac using attorneys get together on a list, serve, share ideas, ask questions. I think that when it started, we might have been sort of a fringe case in terms of Mac using attorneys, but now it just seems like there's such an overwhelming community. It's got such a gravitational pull these days that, you know, we just kind of think of ourselves as any old user group. So.
1: That's great. I didn't realize that it was up to 4,000 attorneys, and I'm sure there are more and more each day. I know it's something that I typically recommend to my uh, clients who are Mac users.
2: Oh, yeah, and and the other great part about it is it's free, right? So it's not one of these subscription um, groups, so you can just go to Google Groups and actually uh, look for Milo Group, M-I-L-O-G-R-O-U-P, and you come across the the Milo Group. You just join and uh, and participate, and it doesn't cost anything, and boy, do they provide solutions.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some real experts on there. I mean, yourself included, but, you know, attorneys who have been doing this and using MACs for a number of years and really have some great technical knowledge, I've found. So can you tell me a little bit about the topics that are discussed on the Milo listserv?
2: Yeah, no problem. People will, it sort of runs the gamut, right? So you could get people that are just converting over to Macs and they'll have all of the typical newbie questions that come up. Uh, one of the great things about having a listserv that's been in existence, you know, maybe now five and a half years, is that there's an incredible repository of questions that have already been asked and answered before. And the search functionality on the Google group works really well for people that just kind of want to know what a good setup is or maybe find a solution. But just as helpful as it is to sort of the new practitioner There are all kinds of advanced topics that can come up over time. So whether you're just talking about new features of things that are coming out or new products that are being released or just how do you do this and how do you do that, you can find that the folks that contribute to that are are really, really knowledgeable. And I think this is the part that draws me to not only this listserv and and the platform but to the community in general, uh, which is that everyone's so helpful. So you can get on there and find that people are looking to help you out, want to see you succeed. These are the types of folks, I don't know about you, but there are not many lawyer conferences that I go to where I really want to hang out with a lot of people there. I kind of run away (laughs) when they're done. But the Milo community, the people who choose to use Max in their law practice, for whatever reason, I don't know if it draws from a a pool of more entrepreneurial, more collegial folks. I I don't know what it is, but between the conference and the listserv, uh, you find that these are just these folks that you like hanging out with. You know, these are people that are uh, helpful, kind, and so you find that really the listserv kind of serves as a great back office IT knowledge repository. I mean, they'll help you solve just about anything that you that you have a question about.
1: Well, I, I can certainly vouch for sort of the camaraderie between the MAC attorneys. That, that was very clear to me when I was at MiloFest. And, you know, I see that listserv as a place both for technophobes and technophiles. As you said, it, it really runs the gamut. I mean, you can ask, you know, the most basic question or you can ask the most advanced question and most likely someone out there will have a solution. You mentioned that you recently organized your fifth MiloFest conference. Um, I talked about that earlier. So as the visionary behind MiloFest, can you tell us a little bit about its origin and your vision for the conference?
2: Yeah, you know, this actually started out as an extension to a conference that had begun by a guy named Kern Lewis out in Texas. Now, Kern's a, a personal injury litigator, and he put together two conferences called Max and Trial. And he did it sort of just in, in a hotel that was near Dallas-Fort Worth, I think it was in Grapevine, Texas, and he would just have a one day, I think, maybe it was a day and a half, conference where people would just kind of come together and share ideas. And it worked out really well. I would say that there was probably maybe kind of the same numbers that we see in MiloFest, 50 or so, 40 to 50 attendees. And he used to hold it in February. Well, lo and behold, February sort of came and went one year, and, and he didn't do it. And it was an idea that I had been bouncing around with Ben Stevens and a few other folks and Finnis Price to see you know, something that we would do. And when Kern said he really didn't want to take on the responsibility for organizing it for a third year, I just sort of took the – uh, Rains and said, well, well, why don't I do one? Uh, why don't I put together one? And it for us, it became sort of, for us, I suppose, meaning little Festus as an entity. But for me, it really became something that said, well, I want to make it super easy for me to plan. I had a practice that I was running. I wanted to make it enticing for people to attend. So we, we located it in Orlando and on Disney World property. And you know, it's not anything like I make any kind of money on, uh, to be honest. There's you know some bucks that are left over at the end of the conference, but I make far more, I suppose, in my law practice and practicing law. I really don't use it as a money-making venture. And so we just try to cover our costs. And what I really wanted to do in terms of the origins of the conference was put together a conference that I wanted to attend. So I said to myself, what would I want to go and see? And I have just enough ego in me to think that other people would want to come too. And from the beginning, MiloFest has been a mix of topics, from things that are really sort of gearhead nerdy about using your Macs, uh, and in the in practice of law and, and how it might help software recommendations, ways to tweak settings, all kinds of crazy nerdy gearhead stuff, to also including this element of it that I really don't know how to describe well. Other people have sort of described the conference as sort of a TED conference for Mac using attorneys. TED being the technology, engineering, and design conferences out in Monterey, California, and I think I think that that's a, a compliment that you know, gives it way too much credit, but there is a headiness to the conference. There are topics that I think that are interesting and that people would want to come and see that aren't necessarily about Max and the law office. It may not even really be about the practice of law uh, at all. But they're interesting topics, and I want people to enjoy them. So I'll give you a good example of that. Larry Port, who is the guy who is one of the founders for Rock and Matter, he is just a really smart guy, and I like his thinking on topics. And I was watching him post, This is like maybe our third year in my life, but I was watching him post on Facebook sort of an experiment to handwrite stuff instead of being online. And that led to a presentation that he gave called Responsible Connectivity, or Responsibly Connected, something like that, just about how our brains are wired to be online and the stimulus that we get from that and sort of what should be the way that we interact with our tools and our tech. It really has not a lot to do with the practice of law you know it, it does only tangentially but it was an incredibly interesting topic and he did it justice he just gave a great presentation on it and it's stuff like that you know it's stuff like that that gets intermixed with the other tech topics that i think really distinguishes milofest as a conference from being something that You know, you can walk in and if there's five sessions in a day, you really find something of value, Uh, if not with all five of them, certainly three or four of them, because we're not just about servicing litigators or we're not just about, you know, ways to help transactional attorneys or people who are in charge or the tech folks. I mean, we're really trying to be... Uh, something that's a draw for for anybody that's interested in kind of interesting things and want to learn something from it.
1: So it sounds like there's even some value for non-Mac attorneys or even attorneys that are using, let's say, an iPad or an iPhone or even someone who's just curious about Macs or curious about, you know, learning more about sort of within this sphere.
2: I think that's totally true. You know, our first year, I assumed everybody was at the level that I was at, and that was a mistake because we, one of our first sessions just was like drinking from the fire hose. And if, if you were new to the platform, you just felt overwhelmed. You know, you felt almost driven away. So the next year, we sort of ramped up and had a newbie day. It used to be just be two-day conferences. Then the second year, we made it a two-and-a-half-day conference, where the half-day on Thursday was kind of a ramp-up. And it became something where, you know, you just kind of learned how to get onto the platform, more introductory topics. And then we would get into the much headier stuff in the next two days. And then something interesting happened, which is that we started to get a lot more of the better topics that we could really fill and not as much attendance on the newbie day. So I don't know if we needed to ease people into it or whether or not there are fewer people that are transitioning onto the platform, but the census of the folks that were attending got more advanced as the years went on. So we kind of did away with the newbie portion of it, and I, I really see, uh, I speak also at the ABA Tech Show on the Mac track, uh, I'll do it again this year, and I see that that has really become the venue for the people that are transitioning, a really raw, kind of they're just on a PC, do I even want to use a Mac and why, that becomes a conference for them, and we have try to find the folks that already own the iPad, they just want to know how to use it better, already own the Mac and kind of want to see how to, to do that better. And what has slowly, I think, developed is a great community where people are seeing their friends year in and year out. I mean, this was your first year, but there are some people that have been there all five years that are not me. Right? And this becomes an annual excursion for them. and something that they absolutely book from the beginning. And if it's not five years for some folks, there's certainly, I want to say, maybe more than 80% of our attendees right now have been here more than one year. You know, It's some multiple-year attendees. And I think that that's great. Uh, there's nothing that fills me with more pride than to watch these friends come together and you know, have me sort of provide the environment for them to do that. I consider the attendees friends, and, you know, we've really developed into a nice community. I like to see that continue. I think that's a great uh, byproduct of the conference.
1: Well, I have to say, even as a first-timer, I felt very much welcomed uh, into that environment. Even though I haven't been there for a number of years, I will certainly maintain those connections throughout the year and look forward to seeing everyone next year. So I can certainly vouch for that. We've spoken a little bit about the substance of the conference topic of the conference but I, I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit about how it's evolved over the past five years you know I, I would think that there may be more of let's say a focus on the cloud security those types of topics and, I, and I'm just wondering how that um, has impacted your choice of speakers and topics
2: yeah, great question. And it is dynamic. I don't think that we could ever get into a situation where we would have maybe like a three-year rolling topic where we would just present the same things over and over again. Uh, every year, I set out to make the agenda fresh, really based on my feel of what's going on in the community and the environment that way uh attendees and sort of what we've provided to them in the past and what they might like now, and there's actually a running joke, I think, maybe two years ago, where we sort of came up with a drinking game all about Dropbox, because it was the first year where Dropbox was so prominently featured that it became one of the central themes for every presentation that was out there, and it's now gone away, right, but that was so new and novel at that time that I really didn't expect that it was going to turn out to be that way everyone was talking about it. So yeah, I certainly think that there's sort of a better migration to the cloud in terms of the solutions that are out there, but what I'm finding is that people are still hungry for trying to figure out how to maximize the tools that they have in front of them. There's not as much of a grab for the new as there is for a greater understanding of what they already have. Uh And so whether or not we're doing a second or third session just on Adobe Acrobat and PDF management, you know, boy, wasn't that sound boring the first time, never mind the second and third times. Uh, it's still a topic that delights everyone who's there because we're still touching upon that. And so I, I find that in terms of a central theme, what has evolved over time has been, teach me again how I can better use the basics. And that's certainly something that comes up as sort of like, where are we going to hit new basic information on the topics and on the agenda? But what has grown, I think, in terms of what has been interesting to attendees has been much more of the practice management stuff. And I swear I'm not just saying that because I'm doing this podcast with you. But what has been interesting has been, I need more of these tools, whether they're marketing, practice management, hiring, you know, whatever it is that's really not tech-related but has more to do about how am i a better lawyer in so much as i need to be a better business person about law that has grown over time people remain hungry for that and try to serve that up you know year in and year out and the process of the agenda to be quite candid is is really very simple and really sounds egotistical and immodest. but every year i put together the agenda that i want to go and see and i ask people to come and speak. So I will always get people who want to come and volunteer to speak. And I, I think it's great. I'm glad that they're so generous. But truthfully, if I'm not asking you, you're not talking, uh, type of thing. And the other thing about MiloFest, which I think is nice, is that I require in almost every case. The presentations that people give there are presentations of first impression. So these are not canned talks that people go around the country or go around to tech shows giving. They almost or never, unless I've seen it someplace else, so you know what, I really want that for my MiloFest attendees. It's only happened a couple times. These are original works. I don't care what people do afterwards. You, know, you, can, you can give it as many times as you want. In fact, the year after the Dropbox drinking game, Randy Yipe came up with a rant all about Dropbox security. Uh, It's a fantastic talk. It's an hour of him just absolutely passionate about security issues with Dropbox and why they're overblown. And, you know, it came up with all these kind of recurring jokes about zombies eating one person's brains and Chinese narco-terrorists coming after your information. It's fantastic. But he debuted that at MiloFest and then has since given it at ABA Tech Show and a few other places. So I am proud of the fact that when you come to MiloFest, you will see completely original presentations. you will never uh, have seen these anyplace else and I think that that's a, a nice feature of the conference.
1: Great.: Well, you gave a great sales pitch. <laughs> so, but...
2: <laughs> I love it. I, I'm so passionate about this conference. I'm so passionate about the people that go there. It's, it's so easy to get over, uh, get you know wound up and, and oversell it.:
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't think it's an oversell. I agree with everything you have said. but we do need to take a quick break and when we return we'll have more with Victor Medina.. So this is normally the space in our show when we offer words from our sponsors. And this potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. The Legal Toolkit is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisements right here. So if you're interested, contact the team at Logical at info at logical.com.
0: We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk at Work. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
1: All right. So welcome back to the second half of our program. We're joined today by attorney Victor Medina, founder and organizer of MiloFest, the premier conference for Mac Attorneys. So let's talk a bit about this year's MiloFest, which I was fortunate to have the opportunity to attend. Victor, can you tell us a bit about the different topics, uh, presentation topics and speakers?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. We have some folks that are sort of perennial favorites in terms of the speakers. I, I- invite them in and sometimes just give them a topic to talk on just because they're gifted in terms of their presentation. But occasionally we're able to sort of nab some folks that are, as they say in the business, good gets. And this year we were really fortunate that we were able to get Katie Floyd to come and talk and give two presentations. Now if you don't know anything about Katie and you're in the Mac community, you've got your head in the sand. She's the co-host of Mac Power Users, which is a podcast that she runs with David Sparks, who uh, ironically is another attorney in California. But the the podcast has nothing to do about law. They just happen to both be lawyers, and they are big in the Mac community. They are big in terms of exactly these types of topics, you know, how Mac power users, you know, how to do more. She happens to be a Florida resident, and so using my friendship with David, I connected with her and got her to come and speak and gave uh, two presentations. One had to do with just, you know, how do you fit a Mac in a in a PC world? Because, you know, even though she's a huge Mac person in her law practice. She's just you know working with other lawyers in there. She's not in charge of the IT or anything like that. She can't make those types of decisions. She's got to work in a PC environment. So she gave a great presentation on that, and then she came back and gave another presentation just on Evernote and how she uses it in her practice, which I thought was fantastic. Another one of the really, I think, great presentations to talk about just gearhead stuff is I like to have a gentleman named Larry Staten come and give a presentation. Now, Larry is also an attorney by uh, training and practice. He doesn't practice any longer, but he did practice for a while. But his real skill is he is an automation specialist. He's a programmer and he is able to do some crazy stuff using just what's underneath the, the hood in your computer as it comes out of the box you know using AppleScript and some other stuff so he's always able to impress folks with the, the ability to take anything that's a repeatable task and uh, translate into a, an automatic workflow uh, he likes to say that he's an extremely lazy person so anything that he's got to do more than once he'll figure out a way to code it now what he's not telling you is that it'll take him four and a half hours to figure out how to code it but he <laughs> he knows that he'll never have to do it again. And he's, you know, helpful in uh, getting people to sort of see that stuff out of it. I think the last one that I would highlight in terms of the presentation, which I thought was fantastic, was Randy. He's an attorney out in Michigan. Uh, he does a lot of litigation work, and he is a gifted presenter. In addition to that, he is really smart about presentations in general. So I had him come and give a presentation just about giving presentations, a kind of meta thing, about what makes a good presentation. And that was just really well-received. It was a fantastic talk, really about caring enough about what it is that you're presenting and the fact that you've been given the opportunity to present to other people that you ought to take it seriously and and then kind of went into some of the practical advice about how to make your presentation great. So that's like a smattering of, of what was on there we probably had the better part of 12 or 14 different topics over the three days, and I think this every year, I guess, and maybe that's just my own ego playing into it, but I think this is one of the best years that we've had, you know, if not the best year. I was really excited when I saw the agenda come together. I usually start to set it in May or so, March, April, May, somewhere around there, and I make my asks, and people go ahead and say, you know, that they're going to do it, and then I don't really don't look at it again. You know, I know that those were the original topics, but then as I get closer, I craft the Agenda as specific to the day, and I see it kind of come together. I saw this year's come together, and I got really, really excited. I thought it was going to be fantastic and you know based on some of the the talks that people were giving me afterward, they liked it too, but quite honestly, Heidi, everybody lies to you, so <laughs> <I don't, laughs> maybe they told you the truth but uh but they seemed to like it when they were talking to me.
1: No, I I can vouch for you here. It really was an excellent conference, and the presentations were wonderful. And and as you said, the speakers, I mean, the speakers are real experts. And these are the people who are the premier people and attorneys in the Mac world. Larry Stanton, as you mentioned, you know, this automation specialist, I was having a conversation with him before he presented. And he said, you know, I'm really trying to balance the basics with the advanced, because you know, he's a software engineer, and so he knows how to code like no one else, but I think he did a really good job in terms of his, his presentation in giving us a flavor of what some of these automation programs can do, uh, even if you're new to that sort of technology.
2: I think that's a fair way of putting it. You know, really makes the stuff that he does accessible, because the last thing you want to do is make it so gear-heady that everyone just shuts off and like, well, that's fantastic, but, one, I'm never going to do that, and I don't know how you did it, and so let me just not listen any further. So on those types of topics, I think it's a testament to how good the presenters are that they make that stuff accessible. And one of the things that I haven't said yet about the conference that Bears mentioning is that none of the speakers are compensated. We just don't have the budget to pay for them to fly in or anything else. I give them free admission to the conference so they don't pay to attend, which is a form of compensation. But they're doing me and the rest of the attendees a big favor uh, in coming and lending their talent. So... I am in a huge debt to them. Uh, Every year, I'm able to get people who will volunteer their time and, quite honestly, some of their money uh, to come and travel to this conference and give great presentations and share their knowledge. And it's really because they're fantastic human beings. They're giving of what they do. I like to think that they have some investment in in the conference, want to see it do well. Uh, They like me enough to say yes, uh, which I appreciate as well. But this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the generosity of the speakers that come and how they're Able to really sort of just give of themselves, so I find that I'm always surprised that they keep saying yes and keep doing outstanding presentations. But you have really keyed in that these people are at the top of their game and what they're doing. So I, I think it's great.
1: And you know, one other aspect of the conference that we haven't spoken about is the dinner, the sort of exclusive dinner that you host, which was on Thursday night this year. And this dinner really gives you exclusive access to the experts to the speakers. Uh, It's very collegial. Everyone is so friendly. But, you know, I really found, wow, I got to talk to Jack Newton from Clio in person. I got to speak with Larry Port, uh, you know, and and really have a conversation about ideas. And I thought that that, you know, that's just such a wonderful part of the conference. And I know that's available to everyone. You have to RSVP in advance, but something to, to really look forward to.
2: I appreciate that. That was something just kind of born out of the fact that we didn't have anything to do when we arrived. So we kind of made a dinner out of it and it's turned into a bit of tradition and you 're right, everyone seems to go, or at least the people that you want to talk to seem to go and kind of lock ourselves in a sort of event room at a restaurant somewhere on the property, and have a great time uh, again. Everyone who attends uh, speaks uh, or is a sponsor they 're really accessible, available. one of the things i didn 't talk about yet was the sponsorships that are a part of the conference, quite honestly. It's not a major thing that I sell on, but they do help defray the cost of the conference. When I launched this thing, it was really when some of these companies were just getting their feet underneath them, and they chose to to sponsor the conference from the beginning. I'm hugely indebted to the folks at Market Circle, at Clio, uh, and at Rocket Matter for actually stepping up and, and writing a check, you know, when God knows what their finances looked like at the time, but they stood behind the conference and knew it was important to help support this community and have been there every year afterwards. And they believe enough in the conference that they send their founders to come to this. I mean, these guys have grown to a point where they should be sending lackeys to my little conference. But they think enough of it to come and interact with the attendees, uh, come back and see friends, uh, attend it on their own. One of the things that I take a great deal of pride on, and I really don't know if this thing continues to grow, if I'll be able to do it. But for the last five years, we have been able to take all of the sponsors and actually bring them in the room with us. I really hate the fact that they would be exhibit halls that are, you know, down away and they're kind of locked into the interior rooms of a conference center. And sort of as an afterthought, I thought that was kind of like a crappy way to, to treat them. So I thought that it would be interesting for the people who are sponsors to come and hear the presentations. So, always get a room that's big enough for our sponsors to actually attend with us. And there's a trade off with that. And the trade off is that the sponsors are never, their personalities aren't such that they're kind of just hammering you with all the sales and hard sales stuff. When we invite new sponsors to come, there's actually a vendor's meeting, an exhibitor's meeting, where the other exhibitors tell the new people how to act. You know, and that what the nature of this conference is, which I think is great, this kind of self-governance thing that happens. But the conference is indebted to the fact that there are these sponsors that come. You know, write us some checks for what is a nice-sized conference, but isn't huge. I mean, it's not ABA Tech Show. You know, we got 50 people. We're trying to go to 100 for the next year. Yet still, this is important enough um, for them to come. Not only just one year, but we, we've got people that have been there for five years, three years running, for a couple folks, two and a half years because uh, they kind of came in sort of in the middle wanted to be involved and but I, I think that's great you know that they, they see a lot of value in that and they continue to attend and I, it's great because i get to see them year in and year out and they're great members of the community too they're very helpful
1: mm-hmm. And I would definitely suggest that listeners check out these sponsors and their products. I know some of them at the conference included DocMoto, Clio, Rocket Matter, Market Circle that makes Daylight and Billings, which is a case management program, and Ruby Receptionist, uh, another great sort of virtual receptionist program. So These are great law practice management tools. And I also want to make a pitch for uh, actually an article that I wrote, which was a recap of of Milo Fest, and that's at the Lomap blog at masslomap.org. So, if you want to get, uh, you know, an additional flavor of the conference, take a look at that article. So, Victor, let's talk just briefly about next year's conference. I know it's already in the works. Uh, can you give us at least the dates, the time frame, so people know they can save the date on their calendars now?
2: Sure. One of the nice things about having a conference that we can sort of rely on from year to year so we can book the dates out ahead of time and so we already have the dates for MiloFest 2014 or 2014, that's going to be October 23rd through the 25th. So it's always a Thursday through a Saturday. Uh, we're going right back to the Disney's Yacht and Beach Club. It's a nice high-end place. They give us an incredible discount on rooms. Their rooms, they are usually well over $350, $375 a night. And, you know, we tend to get them for about a buck 80, which is great. People can extend their stay three or four days before the conference or three or four days afterwards and still at the same conference rate so that they can turn that into a trip for themselves or the family. Already sort of working on the agenda for next year, so a lot of nice things come out of one conference that lead to the next, and you kind of get ideas, oh, we're definitely going to have to get this back again or just a tweak on that or poison this new idea. So we'll put the agenda together, but you can track next year's conference at milofest.com, which is M-I-L-O f e s t and we 'll get that updated with next year 's information, but you 'll be able to kind of follow all of that stuff we 're about to open up registration for uh, some early bird discounts to the end of the year, which will save people some money. but my goal uh, again this is mostly labor of love for me, but my goal is really kind of double attendance. I really want to see this conference grow over 100 for the next year. So we're doing whatever we can to really encourage people to not only come if they've been in prior years, which is great, but invite others to come, kind of spread the word and, and get people excited about attending this conference. I, I think it's the best one out there. I was really tickled pink because there seemed to have been uh, a little survey that went around about you know what were the best tech conferences out there, and uh, MiloFest was included on there. Uh, I thought it wouldn't get any play at all. I mean, it's my little small conference conference, not a big deal, but, (laughs) uh, you know, as compared to New York Legal Tech and ABA Tech Show and a few other things that are out there actually came out in second place after ABA Tech Show, so I thought, hey, you know, maybe we got some legs, so I'm hoping other people will kind of pay attention to that and see the value and and come and register and attend. You know, you've said some great things about it. We'll have some more testimonials up so that people can say that it's really uh, good for them, a worthwhile investment of their time, and we'll be there 23rd to the 25th of October of next year.
1: excellent. Excellent. All right, let's, let's close with this in one sentence, one sentence, Victor. Why do you love being a Mac attorney?
2: You know, the Mac provides me the opportunity to be the most creative uh, and effective lawyer that I can be. I, it's a tool that I use, and uh, I, I couldn't be as good without it.
1: Great. Great. Thank you, Victor. It's been great having you on, on the show. So unfortunately, it looks like we've reached the end of another episode of The Legal Toolkit. But remember that you can check out all of our shows at any time you'd like at LegalTalkNetwork.com. And thanks to Victor, the managing attorney of Medina Law Group and founder of Milo Fest, for taking the time to drop by our virtual studio. Victor, if any of our listeners would like to find out uh, more about you and about MiloFest, which I certainly hope they do, how would they go about, about doing so?
2: Sure. So if they want to find out more about me, my law firm website is MedinaLawGroup.com. So that's M-E-D-I-N-A-L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P.com. Uh, more information on how the conference can be found at MiloFest. It's milo fest.com, or they can email me directly at info i n f o at milofest.com. I'd be happy to trade uh, anything with them. Uh, information about my practice, uh, the conference, whatever they like to know. I'm pretty accessible. Uh, but I did want to take a second and thank you, Heidi, and thanks the folks at LOMAP for having me on tonight. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk more about Milofest and share the information. Uh, and I, you know, appreciate the chance to um, speak with you again. So thanks.
1: Thanks again, Victor. It was great to have you on. And thanks again to everyone out there online for listening. And we hope to see you at MiloFest 2014.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.